Welcome to Beyond the Lines. I'm your host, Jason Davis. Whether this is your first time listening or you've listened to many other episodes I've created, I'd like to say thank you and welcome. You can follow this podcast on Facebook at Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Instagram, Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Twitter at underscore Beyond the Lines, and also on TikTok at Beyond the Lines Podcast. Also, if you have any questions, comments, ideas, or show suggestions, you can email me at btlpodcast213 at gmail.com. If you like the content I create, I just ask that you support the show by making a small donation. All you have to do is click on the support the show link in the show notes and donate. If you donate, you'll get a shout out in a future episode, and I thank you in advance. This episode is sponsored by Davis Vending. If you're in the Tampa area and you need a snack or drink machine for your employees or customers, contact Davis Vending at 813-530-6763 or email them at davisvending71 at gmail.com. Davis Vending offers great service and affordable prices. For all your vending needs, contact Davis Vending. This is episode number 64, and today I will be discussing living with autism. So now, let's meet this episode's guest. So my guest today is Sam, and he's from Indiana. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, brother. Good to be here. Well, thank you for being here. So today we're going to be talking about living with autism. I know that you have been living with autism, so I'm glad to have you on the show to really talk about that, mm-hmm. get into what it's like living with autism, how life is for you, and things that you go through. So again, I really appreciate you being on the show. So hello, everyone. My name is Sam Mitchell. I run the podcast Autism Rocks and Rolls, and it is about autism and how you cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. I have over 100 downloads, a lot of downloads, actually. Some of my big guests are Temple Grand and Mick Foley. And through the uh, podcast, I got to have many, many opportunities, which includes getting to have a nonprofit, 501c3 federal with a board of eight or seven. I can't remember the number. I have a board. And I get to be a plan local events in Indiana, where I'm from. And I got new motivational speaking. I've spoken in Oklahoma, Orlando, Canada, and Washington, D.C., along with some many other places, hopefully to mention in the future. Awesome. So let's get into this. First of all, how old are you? 20. Okay. And when were you diagnosed with autism? Four. Four years old. At four, I know it's kind of hard to kind of remember 16 years ago, but maybe a little bit after four, say when you were like six, seven, eight years old, did you feel different at all or anything like that? No, it was more of a confusing time, actually, because I did a lot of traits that would be associated with autism, and I didn't understand what was going on. I thought, these people are very different from me. I wasn't fitting in. I was getting looked at. I was just not doing okay because I just couldn't understand why things were happening to me. So then my mother read a book to me, and then I was like, okay, so this is what's happening. This is why I'm getting excluded. This is what apparently they think versus what I think. And I just thought at the time, everyone thought what I thought. But when I learned out, hey, I'm different, then it was kind of like my eureka moment. Because like, okay, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. This, why, this, is, this explains why I get bullied. This explains why I get looks at. This is why that no one wants to hang out with me on the playground during the school hour playground, I should say. Okay. And so going through all of that, 
at such a young age. How did that shape you moving forward in your life with autism? Well, it shaped me moving forward because my name at the time was autism. My name was just, okay, he's the kid with autism. They didn't see the creative side. They didn't see the fact that he was a really good guy to hang out with. They didn't see the fact that, hey, no, he's actually kind of a genius. He can actually memorize all the WrestleMania main events. They didn't see that. They just saw autism and a story. But now they're starting to see Sam Mitchell, the guy who does memorize WrestleMania main events, the podcaster, the creative writer. It's led me to some dark days where I saw mental health days. Like, oh, I feel like crap because the past kind of catches up with you still. And I try to bury it, but it's just not going to happen. I just going to have to carry it with me. And it's definitely some days a burden, but I also consider paying a gift here and there. So. So we're talking, you know, anywhere between 10, 15, 16 years ago. So how much would you say those kids that would call you autism and didn't understand that you had a creative side to you? How much would you say that is because that was the way of thinking then versus now where there's so much education, so much information out there about autism? Now, as you said, they're starting to see the creative side of you. They understand that you're different in terms of you're not just an autistic person. You're a person with feelings and can be creative and all those other things. How much is that due to the fact that there's a lot of education out there about autism right now? Well, it could be a factor, but I'm also not going to say that it's 100% the way because I still see kids get picked on because they think differently. And maybe it's less and less because of the more sources coming out that you mentioned but I'm just going to be honest. I think kids are kids still, and they're still going to be delinquent juveniles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately. So there are many athletes, actors, entrepreneurs, musicians, such as Dan Aykroyd, Roseanne Barr, Jessica Jane Applegate, and David Byrne, to name a few, who have autism. What are your thoughts when you see so many famous people with autism? It amazes me almost because there are people starting to see now, oh my gosh, if Dan Aykroyd didn't have autism, we may not be having the cool franchise called Ghostbusters. Or, hey, if Sam doesn't have autism, he may not be able to run in this podcast. Or, oh my gosh, they don't see that Cody Lee has autism, but because of his autism, he can sing like a rock star. But it's because of that autism brain. The way we think might lead us to be very, like I said, creative, now out of the box to where it could lead us to great opportunities that no one else might get or very few people get i mean i gotta meet wrestlers i mean i hate to pick on you a little bit but can you say that you met mick foley no i cannot say that i can because of the autism trait it's part of it granted but you get where i'm trying to go here i think yeah I, i get it i get it when you think about again famous people with autism and that's a great thing for those who have autism because it gives them someone to look up to they have the autism but yet they're popular, they're famous, but there are those who have autism that aren't as popular and as famous, but yet they're getting picked on. Where can we close that gap to bring everyone in and to appreciate everyone regardless if they have autism or not? Well, it comes back to that acceptance. I think we're more aware than we once were. We're not institutionalized anymore, but we're not accepting of it. There's a whole population out there that's like, eh, okay, autism, cool. Well, all right, you know what? I understand that to a point but this is my opinion you don't have to be like autism and care about maybe not bow down like autism 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 but you at least need to acknowledge it you need to state that oh autism cool what can he do let them know it's here people sometimes want to take autism away from the dictionary well try again buddy because it's gonna stay with us regardless of 
who we are. Everyone talks about autism spectrum. Explain a little bit in layman's terms exactly what the autism spectrum is, because I think we all say that and we all understand that there is some sort of spectrum and, and every person that has autism fits somewhere differently on that spectrum. So break it down for us in simple terms of what the spectrum is. Well, the spectrum means that, all right, so it just means the level of functioning. So low functioning autism, middle functioning autism, high functioning autism. But this is my problem with that. It's a word and that's functioning. Well, I think that word's a little bit harsh because they're not functioning at a low level when Cody Lee is singing or when I'm doing a podcast. I'm functioning like a 20-year-old man. Maybe when I'm cooking, it's a three-year-old, but when I'm eating, it might be a middle age. You see where I'm trying to go here? I mean, yes. it's at different levels. So I think the word might be a little bit harsh. You might need a different term. Maybe it's that, oh, he has a three-year-old mind or a 10-year-old mind, or a, maybe it's an age range, like three to one-year-old mind, even though biologically he's 30, his mind thinks like a three-year-old, or biologically he's 20, but he thinks like a 10-year-old. Got it. So maybe it's the age range, maybe instead of doing that with the functioning levels. Now, there are many signs and symptoms of autism. What are some of the symptoms you experience? Well, the obvious one, lack of eye contact, that's a big one. Then there's also sensory issues. I don't have a lot of sensory issues now, but I do have some. I don't like wearing a wet t-shirt. Never have, still don't. Don't like putting that on. I'd rather honestly wear no shirt versus a wet t-shirt. Okay. Now, are those some of the same symptoms you experienced when you were younger, or have they changed as you've gotten older? Some stick, some change. So loud noises with pyro going off, yeah, that would bother me. I mean, I had to hide in the bathroom because of a firework going off during a wrestling show that doesn't happen anymore now i love it i want to hear all the pyro in the world so that doesn't stick with you but there's some that will stick with me like the wet clothes that's been eons i've stuck with that since four but some might grow so maybe at six it was all right how do we get him to hear pyro versus at 20 okay how do we get him to rein in his foot and mouth syndrome now, as we talked before, there's a lot of information and knowledge out there today about autism than there ever has been and more to actually understand coming down the road. Yet there's still this misunderstanding or misconception about those with autism. In your opinion, what are some of those misconceptions? Well, I mean, one misconception is that we're not listening to you. Here's an example. I kind of think, can think while I'm top of my head. I heard your question loud and clear, but I had to look down and I was fidgeting with this. It's like a little thing that someone gave me but I was fidgeting so I could hear you out. It's also part of the ADHD. I also have ADHD. So I was listening to you. I heard all the words you said. I probably can't remember I was on top of my head, but it was something like, well, I can't remember now, but I heard you loud and clear, even though I was kind of fiddling around with a toy. Okay, and what are some of the other misconceptions? I don't know, that was one I can think of. But one misconception is that we can't do anything. The fact that some are in a wheelchair, some are can't even walk out of bed. And as an example with this, one of my guests, he was on the show because of sympathy. I think he didn't expect what I thought. Well, during the interview, he stopped after five minutes. He's like, wait a minute, you're on a spectrum. And we later learned that because of what I texted, he expected me to be wheelchair bound, couldn't say a word. Well, you're wrong. I actually was able to, you know, take a bath on my own, eat breakfast. So those are some of the functioning that people don't understand. What they don't get is the high function because 
Raven's perception is right. There's some out there that can't take a bath. There's some out there that probably can't even eat a Hot Pocket. In case you know what that is, that's a breakfast food. But there are some out there that are very similar to me who can at least get out of bed and go get the mail or even get a job. Maybe run the $5,000 of CEO or B, like you said, Dan Aykroyd with the Ghostbusters. There's some that forget about that. And that's a big misconception right there is the high functioning talents and low functioning, no matter what spectrum they are, they can't go anywhere. Try again. Let's look at Cody Lee. Low functioning, probably thinks like a three-year-old, but again, playing the piano, what the heck? Now, how have you been able to manage the symptoms and other obstacles uh, autism presents? I've been asked that before, and it's a hard one to answer because a lot of them are different, and you got to tell me which one specifically. Because I use a lot of many coping mechanisms with each different one. So I'm not saying this to be a mean person. I'm saying, like, which one, which issue in particular? Because I really have different coping mechanisms for each one. Well, let's go back to the eye contact. And you said that people seem to think that when you're not making the eye contact and you're fidgeting with something that you're not listening. How do you cope with that? Or how do you explain that to those who don't understand that that's a symptom of autism? And because you're not making the eye contact and you're fidgeting with things that you're not paying attention to them. Well, I think that's a lot more accepting because maybe back in 1950, some would probably be like, dude, pay attention to me. But that's now I think kind of lowering down. But I can see people telling me like, all right, what are you doing, buddy? Well, here's the problem. When it comes to eye contact, the way I handle it is I just don't pay attention to it. I just tell someone, look, man, I hear every word you're saying. You said this, this, this. And I just had to fidget around. And that was more of an explanatory, like, okay, here's the deal, buddy. Can't function unless I do something. Part of it's ADHD. Part of it's the autism spectrum. Just the way I'm wired. Now, that leads me to my next question. So what was your experience like going through school, being that you don't make the eye contact, uh, you fidget with things? Well, I have to say, when it comes to the school in general, it was pretty good. I would say my school has the best with the special education program, and here's how I know this. Some kids and students have actually moved to my school because the special ed program was more beneficial to them than the ones that they attended previously. So that was an issue. They understood when I wasn't looking at them, they would understand I was fidgeting around with the toy. They would get that. But now the students, eh, that's a little bit of a different hand. They wouldn't understand that I had a meltdown, and they wouldn't understand that, hey, he's having a sensory issue because he's wearing a wet T-shirt, and, well, he wants to take his T-shirt off so bad. They wouldn't understand that. And not the teachers would. The students were the were So the way I handled it was basically my school years were very rough. I got excluded a lot, dealt with stereotyping, and what I finally had to do, because after 15 years of dealing with that, I was done. I think the bear finally roared. He was just like, rawr, we're done, end of story, I'm changing this, I'm going to make this right, and get a life that I want to have. So the way I got my life, the way I want to have was, I just didn't care what anyone thought of me. I was going to go in there, make some new friends that weren't in the same grade level as me. I did make some that were in the same grade level as me through natural causes, but there were some I made that were freshmen, juniors, seniors, because we all interact now because we're in high school. So I just went with those levels, and it worked out to a T because I actually made friends, actually have some of the friends I still talk to today, but it was all because of me deciding to change this 
perception of I can't do anything versus me being like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do something. And since no one's giving me opportunities, I'm going to take some opportunities. And taking them was something I should have done a long time ago. Explain your experience. We've talked about there's a lot of information and knowledge out there about autism today compared to, say, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Compare what your experience was like back when you were, say, in elementary or middle school compared to now when you encounter those who don't understand what autism is. Has it gotten better because of there's knowledge out there or is it still just as bad as it was when you were younger and they were calling you names and everything? Well, let's put it, let's do it. Let's do a comparison. All right. Let's do two scenarios with different age. And this might be a way to explain it. So, all right, I'm in preschool. I'm going off the bus. I have an autism moment where I have a miscommunication with someone. Well, since I'm in kindergarten for the whole day, I'm like, what should I have done? How can I have said this differently? Uh, 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 and I can't enjoy the rest of my day because I'm all focused on that one situation. All right. Now we do the same and I'm a junior, so I'm 17. And this is when things started to perk up for me. And I'm having this conversation. Well, I have a miscommunication. Well, 17 year old me can brush it off and go in that building and have an enjoyable day versus me in first grade being like, uh, what did I do? What did I do? Should I have said this? Oh my gosh. She's going to come to my house and say mean things about me. Even though he's in first grade, he's still going to do something worse to me when I hop off that bus. And I didn't ride the bus, but that was a scenario I could think of. Got it. So finally, what advice do you have for a young kid who has been diagnosed and living with autism? Well, I am a firm believer in starting early. So to the parents and the child, for the child, really, start early. That's what I did. I started podcasting when I was about 16 years old. Now I'm probably going to school for a media class or broadcasting found something early i'll tell you this much a 12 year old one of my former guests son he is working on cars and windshield car windshields at 12 years old which i think is phenomenal because at 12 years old dang but that's a first job so that's my point is trying to start them early no matter what age they are they're interested in baseball see if you can find them like a baseball camp or you know, find a place where they can play baseball every day. Try to give an MLB where they can get involved. And I wish my parents would have done that more often. They did their best to, but get them involved with the interests they love. So like wrestling, maybe they get in the ring at every local wrestling show. Just try and get them involved with their passion. Excellent. So you mentioned you have a podcast. So Sam, let everyone know where they can listen to your podcast and how can they follow you on social media? Well, they can find me on their favorite media platform, Pandora, YouTube. And if you think I'm there, I'm pretty much there. And I'll tell you this much as well. If you Google search me, something will pop up. All right. Well, Sam, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about autism. I really appreciate your time and your candid information that you have given us. I wish you the best of luck moving forward with living with autism, obviously, and certainly with your podcast. And again, really appreciate you being on the show. Not a problem, dude. All right, thank you. Once again, I'd like to thank Sam for joining the show. So what are the three takeaways from today's episode? Number one, those with autism are equally as talented and creative as someone without autism. Number two, educate yourself on autism. And number three, autism is what they have. It's not who they are. That concludes episode number 64. If you enjoyed this episode, I ask that you share it with a friend. If you enjoy this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. 
Please tune in for the next episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.